Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loud Marlin Fans Podcast. I am your host. You can call me the Loud Marlins Fan, or known to many as Chase. On this episode of the Loud Marlins Fan Podcast, I will review the 2021 trade deadline. Following up on my last episode that reviewed the trade from a fan's view, part one. So we'll consider this part two. Marlins made some moves. I'm not going to call them big moves, but Marlins made some moves, and you will hear my thoughts on today's episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the loud Marlins fan. When I last left you, the Marlins had just made a move trading Corey Dickerson at the end of June to the Toronto Blue Jays along with Adam Simber, and in return, we got Joe Panic. And Joe Panic had come in his first game against the Philadelphia Phillies, had a home run, had a couple hits, and all was good to go. There was hashtag no panic. Fast forward a month, and now the Marlins have made more moves. And especially this week as the tread deadline came down, and I'll review them. But before I get to reviewing the Marlins trades, I want you to go onto your social media, which you probably already follow me, and interact, and I hope you do. And if you don't, I want you to add me, at Loud Marlins Fan. You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter. I interact mostly on Twitter. That's where I have the most followers, and I enjoy every single one of them. So you can be one, too. This week, the Marlins have traded Starling Marte, Yimmy Garcia, John Curtis, and in return, got minor league prospects. Remember, this is a podcast not to review and go over like a swings and misses podcast, like Craig Mish, the expert, and, and Jeremy do. This is the view from a fan. I want you to remember that perspective as I go over this. As I said on last episode, episode one of a fan, a trade from a fan's view, I am not married to any players that put on a Marlins uniform. I will cheer for them. I will scream for them. I will lose my voice trying to propel them to greatness. But when they leave, they're just baseball players. I don't build a relationship with these guys most of the time. Give or take, I'm building a relationship, a friend relationship with a couple of the bullpen pitchers right now on the Marlins. Very nice guys who answer messages on Instagram and actually interact. In fact, I plan on having lunch with one in Denver when I travel next week. But I'm not married to any one player or two players that put on a Marlins uniform. And you know why? Because I understand the business of baseball. And the business of baseball says... Players will not be in your uniform their whole career. Don't believe me. 
Take a team like the Chicago Cubs, for example. And the Chicago Cubs did something this week that Marlins fans can understand and feel with them and feel for them. And the Chicago Cubs traded away every player on their team, for the most part, that was a star and part of their 2016 World Series championship. I have never felt so bad for one franchise, except for the Marlins, than I do for the Chicago Cub fans. Because the pain that they're in this week, after losing everyone, we've been there before. And I'm not talking about the trades of 2018 when we got rid of Yelly and Ozuna and JT and Stanton. Although that was big, but they weren't championship. In fact, how many of them have won a championship or hold the ring since they left? You know the answer to that. But losing Rizzo, losing Bryant, Bayer, that hurts. Kimbrell. So I feel for the Chicago Cub fans, and I bring that up because they were married to their players. And now look at them. Look at those fans today. They're hurting. Kids who looked up to these guys, kids that were visited by these guys in the hospitals and uh, the charity events and their schools, they felt part of that with these guys. They felt a part of their careers. And now they've all moved on to different teams. Well, because of the way the Marlins fans have been treated, myself, loud Marlins fan in particular, I've learned the business of baseball. I've learned that you don't get attached to one player. I will repeat that many, many times. Because I was attached to one player as a kid. And that player was gone. Chucky Carr. I love Chucky Carr. Everything about Chucky Carr. I met Chucky Carr. And then, I believe it was 1996, he was no longer a Marlin, and my heart was broken. But you know what cured my heart? The Miami Marlins, or at that time, the Florida Marlins, because I became a Marlins-only fan. And then we won the World Series in 1997 without Chucky Carr. And then all the other players got traded. So any player I rooted for then, and, and I never had a player jersey, any players that got traded after that, you know, you learn it's just a business. In the fire sales of 2000, what was it, 5 or 2006, the fire sale of 2000. 13, 2012, 13, after that horrible inaugural Miami Marlins season. You get used to cheering for the team. And you know what? Cheering for the Marlins team as a franchise, you understand other things about baseball. At least I do. And the thing is, we may never win a World Series again. But the entertainment value is there now. By entertainment value, I mean, we are competitive in almost every game. We'll see, even, even last night's game, this is being recorded on Saturday, uh, July 31st, 2021. Yesterday night, we played the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees have a 200, and I believe, let's say $58 million payroll. 
Miami Marlins payroll is just under $69 million. If you put those two numbers together, you would say Miami Marlins should not be able to stay in a game with the New York Yankees. But we did. And we're competitive in every game. And that, my friends, people that may not like me, anybody listening to this podcast, that, my friend, is what baseball and sports is all about. It's the entertainment value. You're not going to win every game. We're not a franchise that, you know, we're going to be built to be competitive. And that's what Jeter is saying. I think the last episode in my last uh, part one of this two-part two trade deadline trade as a Marlins fan series is I said trust in Jeter because he hasn't proved us not to. And he still hasn't because him and now Kim Eng have said the same thing. We are building to be competitive. They're not saying they're going to be built to win a World Series because they know they're not going to spend $250 million. Hell, the Yankees are not going to win the damn World Series. Hold me to that. We'll be right back. The fact that we're competitive against the Yankees means we're doing the right thing. We are not going to win a World Series in 2021. And you know what? We may not win one in 22 or 23. But the goal is to get competitive, make the playoffs, get into the tournament, because you never know what can happen. 2003 showed that. We had the same type of payroll. The Marlins weren't big spenders in 03, but the team came together in the second half to win a World Series. Win a wild card, Went, then win a World Series. Our backs were behind the wall. We were not supposed to beat the Cubs in the National Champion National League Championship Series, but we did. Maybe we were supposed to beat the Giants. But that's just my point about where we are in being competitive as a roster and why this team made the moves that it did this week because here we go. Let's have that discussion. Fans are upset that the Marlins did not get a big name in a trade deadline. You name me one other team that sold, that got a major league player back. That is great. Because all I see or all I heard in every trade was uh, prospect number five, prospect number four. The number one prospect in the Dodgers organization was Ruiz and the catcher. And now he is a Washington national. There's people on Facebook. And if you're one of them, great for you. You have your own opinion. I'm going to have mine. There are people on Facebook that say to me, oh, the Marlins didn't do anything. They, they, they didn't. They should have got Wilson Contreras. I don't think Wilson Contreras was available from the Cubs. You know why I don't think that? Because he's one of the only players that they did not get rid of. Their asking price must have been so high to give an all-star catcher away. Marlins aren't going to do that. Yes, we have minor league pitching to trade, but it has to be right. And if you're going to say, why didn't they get Bart from San Francisco? Why didn't they get Ruiz from the Dodgers? Because look at what it took to get Ruiz out of the Dodgers organization. It took Max Scherzer to get him. 
It took Trey Turner to get him. Bart was not traded from San Francisco. I thought he was, but apparently the things I read wasn't. Bryant couldn't even get him out of San Francisco for the Cubs. So when you look at who the Marlins got this week, and let's review that. Starling Marte was traded to the Oakland Athletics earlier this week. And the Marlins got back a pitching prospect who has major league experience, although not the best. And a hometown guy, or he is a hometown guy, who has the opportunity to drive attendance to Lone Depot Park. No one's talked about that aspect of it, so I will. You bring a hometown guy in Lizardo. A, at, at one point, he was a top five pitching prospect. You bring him to South Florida. He captivates the world down here. He pitches good, let's say. And this is all figuratively speaking. He's going to push attendance like Jose Fernandez and Dontrell Willis did. And you know what? It's going to take some work because he's had a rough year. But it's not impossible for that trade not to pan out. In fact, that was a good trade in my view. Because Starling Marte was offered money, an extension, to stay in Miami Marlin. He said he wanted to stay in Miami Marlin, but he did not sign on the dotted line. Was it a low ball offer? Maybe. We don't know how high they got up to. Again, I'm not Craig Mish. I'm not... Uh, I'm not the guy who's involved in those discussions or talks to the management. But from what I read and what I see, he did not sign on the dotted line. And that meant we had to get rid of him. Because he was a loner piece from last season who played just about a year with us, not a full season, but just about a year. And he helped us get to the playoffs in 2020. He did his part. We did our part. We offered him an extension and he didn't sign. So you can't let Starling Marte walk at the end of the season for nothing. Could they got prospects for him? Yes. But then you'd be complaining that we got prospects that are going to take three years to develop. I'm happy because they brought in a guy who's ready now. With the pitching situation we've been in this season, with pitchers getting injured, we need, we need in our franchise, not just the majors, we need pitchers who can throw that way, when needed, we could bring them up. So I'm going to give that Starling Marte trade an A. Not knowing what could happen with Lazardo, I'm giving it an A because we didn't lose him for nothing. And that would have hurt this franchise. Let's move on to the second trade that we heard about. The third trade overall. Remember, we went over the Dickerson trade before in the first episode. If you listen to that, you'll hear my views on that one. But the second trade was Yimmy Garcia for Brian Dela Cruz. Brian Dela Cruz, I looked up his numbers. He's having a fantastic year in AAA baseball. That is who you get for a pitcher like Yimmy Garcia, who's a good bullpen guy. But he failed as a closer in Miami. And I'm saying failed because he lost games. He gave up a six-run lead to the Atlanta Braves on July 4th. Given Don Mattingly, we all have our issues with him, but from a player standpoint, you need to get three outs and you're the closer of a team. 
Get those three outs. You could give up three runs. You could win the game. You could give up four runs. We win the game. But you gave up six. So, Yimmy Garcia brings back Brian De La Cruz, a prospect who's ready to play in the majors. And you know what? He started yesterday against the Yankees. He went 0 for 4, but he made two magical catches in the outfield. One, a game, or not game saving. At the time, it was a lead hold because they were up by one. He caught a home run ball in right field, left field. That is why you get a guy like that who's ready in the majors. So I'm going to say the Yimmy Garcia pl trade, plus uh, I forget the other pitcher that we got for Yimmy. Uh, Austin Pruitt, he came in and pitched a decent inning yesterday as well. So Yimmy Garcia trade, A+. plus. You bring in a ready player who's going to be a third or fourth outfielder because who? look at who we have. He's an addition, ready to play now. That's a win. And then Thursday, the 29th, we did not make any trades. Quiet day. And then we go into Friday. And the Friday deadline, looking over some moves the Marlins made. One trade that I'm scratching my head was the Adam Duvall to Atlanta Braves. This is probably the only trade I feel we did something wrong. But at the end, maybe we did something right. We got back a catcher, which is a need in this franchise. Because the only catchers we had in the minors that were okay, and I use that term okay, was Chad Wallach. And now he has been claimed off waivers because we waived him making these moves. He is now a Dodger. Thank you, Big Red. But back to this trade. Adam Duvall goes to the Braves. After it was reported, falsely reported, that the Marlins will not make trades with the Braves. And maybe they it was their last option. If they did it because Adam Duvall went to the front off and said, look, I've signed with you guys. I've done good for you guys. I'm not going to sign that extension for $7 million next year. Please let me go back home. He was with Atlanta since 2018 to 2020. So maybe they did it for him. And they got back a catcher who has not panned out in his major league at bats in Alex Jackson. Again, a catching, a catching prospect who can be a backup or maybe he pans out to be a starter. Not only did we bring him in as a catcher, so let me rate that trade. The Adam Duvall trade, I'm going to rate a D. Just because you traded in your own division, we have to face the Braves six more times. How many home runs does Duvall hit off of? I'm going to say three in those six games. Or maybe we'll hit him on purpose. Moving on to the, uh, to the get, get back of Alex Jackson. Again, I'm rating this trade a D. He, he's not doing that great in the majors at his, uh, at his uh, experience so far. So that's the C. And then John Curtis to the Milwaukee Brewers for Peyton Henry. Look, John Curtis has been a good arm in our bullpen when he's been healthy. He started a few games. He's come in for Ross Detweiler as the second pitcher in these quote-unquote bullpen games. He's been good, but a good pitcher in the bullpen that I guess, again, I don't follow every team in the league. I guess Milwaukee needed arms, and they got a good arm for a 
a prospect catcher who's down to 25% strikeout rate in the minor leagues AAA. And he was at 32 last season, so he's only getting better. You pair these young catchers up in the minors with these young pitchers. If they both make it to the majors, that's where you're going to be sick. And you know what? Out of what we have, Alfaro will not be a Marlin in 2022. He's going to go in arbitration. We're probably going to let him ride because Alfaro is not a major league starter. And he's proven it. He's batting like in the 220s, maybe like seven home runs or something, maybe even less this season. He strikes out a lot. He didn't pan out. So that brings you back to the JT Riddle, uh, Real Muto, not the JT Riddle, JT Real Muto trade. And when we look at what we got back, we got Sixto Sanchez and Alfaro. Neither one is major league right now. Maybe Sixto, he had a decent couple games in 2020, but ended up giving a couple home runs away in the playoff game. He, you know, he's injured now. So maybe we, we're still books open on him, but Alfaro, the book needs to close. And I like Hip Hip Jorge. You know, as a fan, he talks to me. He's a nice guy. But as a major league player, he's not a starting catcher. I'm sick of past balls. And if Peyton Henry or Alex Jackson can stop or come in and stop those pass balls from happening, learn the young pitchers, make our team better, great. Then these trades will pan out. And I rate that trade for John Curtis a B. Peyton Henry has already liked the tweets that I've sent him and messaged me back on Instagram. You could tell a guy's character from that. So Peyton Henry, I hope you pan out as our starter. But let's talk about this. Before the trade deadline, Marlins fans say, we need a catcher. We need a catcher. Marlins go out and get two catcher prospects. Remember, we're not building for 2021. The 2021 season is done, guys. And this is coming from a fan's view, the loudest Marlins fan's view. I know our season's done. We're 14 or now 15 games under 500. We are nine or 10 games out of first. We're not competing anymore for this to make the playoffs. What we're competing to do now is to be competitive. And that goes back to what we did last night against a $260 million plus team. We were competitive. We stayed in the game. We only lost by two runs. That goes to say how bad the Yankees are. But that's all we can hope for is to be competitive. We're going to win a series here and there, but we're going to lose more than we win. And that's okay because 2021 is done. If you're going to whine and complain about 2021, don't watch. I don't need your negativity on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I don't need you to tell me, oh, look, we're losing. Oh, I know we're losing, but I'm enjoying watching these young players get their opportunity to be good. I'm enjoying the, the ambiance of being back at Lone Depot Park. I'm going to enjoy next week at Coors Field, which I'll make an episode about because I ride or die as a Marlins fan. And I do not get married to any one player because baseball is a business. We are a small market team where we made a splashy move in 2020, guys. We brought in Starling Marte. We gave up Caleb Smith. We did make a move to buy when we had an opportunity to win, but it's not 2020. It's not a 60-game season, 61 in Starling Marte's case. 
He's now an A. Duvall's a Brave. Curtis is a Brewer. Yimmy is an Astro. And you could only hope these guys win. Because you root for the player to be good. Whatever happens to them now is neither here or there for me. But they did well for our franchise this year. We weren't a winning team from the first game when we lost to the Devil Rays or the Rays. We went 1-5 in our first six games in 2021. This team, with the best pitching, healthy pitching, think about our starters at the beginning of the year who were healthy. Sandy, Trevor, Pablo, Hernandez. We started with four. Now we're down to, I think, just Sandy if he's off the bereavement list. And we didn't win. They kept us in the games, but we went one and five. We haven't had a five-game win streak this whole season. Barely, I think we got one four-game winning streak in there. We lost 10 in a row between the end of May and the beginning of June on that road trip. This team was not going to win. And you're complaining about trading pieces, rentals away. Maybe not in John Curtis. But you're trading pieces that we're going to leave that weren't helping us win. Starling Marte did not have power. We need a power guy. And if De La Cruz turns out to be the guy he can be, maybe he's going to strike out a lot, but he's going to hit that home run when we need it. We play small ball, but small ball can only score two to five runs a game. We need a power guy in that middle of the lineup. And now we focus on the rest of the season to be entertained. I am. And I'll be at some of these games. If you're going to be at the ballpark, please say hello. I'll be there. If you listen today to this, I'll be there tonight versus the Yankees, Saturday night. My next two games next week, Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday in Coors Field. So if you're in the Denver area listening, please shake my hand and take a picture. I'll be at the game at Lone Depot Park August 15th, August 29th, September 5th, October 3rd. Those are the next games planned. Maybe I'll add another weekend into there, but that's my goals right now to be at those games. And who knows if I'll get there because life is not for granted. You got to live every day for fun and enjoy what you have. And here in South Florida, our major league franchise, as long as it's here, our major league franchise's goal is to be competitive. We didn't do what the Pittsburgh Pirates did and kept one star this time. We didn't do what the Chicago Cubs did and tear it all down. What the Washington Nationals did, who won a championship two, two years ago. I haven't really talked about them, except for the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade. But all they have left, I think, is soda. Let's finish second to last in our division. You know what? Actually, let's stay in the basement because I want that better draft pick in 2022. That's what we're playing to, to do. And I'm not saying tank. Be competitive. But if we finish fourth, what's the difference in finishing fifth? Because we are not going to finish first. Braves bought. 
Phillies bought a bullpen and still lost yesterday, seven to nothing versus the Pirates. The Mets, I think they got Baez from the Cubs to play short while Lindor's out. Those three teams are competing for a division title. We're competing for a draft pick right now. And it wasn't like that when the season started, but this team did not gel. The bullpen was bad. Don Mattingly keeps players in too long. And I will have a Don Mattingly episode after this season of why he should be gone, which he won't be because they've already announced his extension. I hope what I've said has made sense regarding a view from a loud Marlins fan on the trades this week or the trades any season between part one and part two. Baseball is a business. And as a fan, you root for the team. Maybe you get attached to a player here or there. I wonder if the Cubs are going to root for Rizzo and Bryant to do well at their new franchises. And I hope that we find some way to sign a new first baseman in Rizzo, a hometown hero who wants to be home. I have friends who were friends with him who went to his high school and he wants to be back. We'll see. We'll see if Rizzo comes home for cheap because you know they're not going to offer a 31-year-old that much money. They just showed it with Starling Marte, and again, getting rid of Marte was okay. Because we were not winning with him. We didn't win the World Series last year. He was injured. We got bounced against the Braves. Swept. We have two new catchers in our franchise that have no ceiling. We'll see how good they do. Why are you rooting against them already? Be excited for the future. And I don't mean the future from five years from now. I mean the future in 22-23 because we have the best pitching. We have the best farm system for pitching in the major leagues. And I don't want to hear that argument anymore from fans. Oh, it's our farm system. You have to build internal. Because look at the Yankees who always spend external and they just throw money around. They don't win World Series championships. The New York Yankees haven't won a World Series championship since 2009. And look how much money they've wasted. The Boston Red Sox. On years they didn't spend that much money, won a World Series because the team has to gel coming up from the minors. Players coming up. Look at the Toronto Blue Jays being competitive. They did the right thing in one of their drafts. They just went after every junior or third. And look at their team. The Marlins have a Conine in AA right now. These are things as fans we have to be excited about. I'm excited about. It's not always about complaining. It's not always about right now what's in front of you. Today's society, when you have a phone in your hand and you have all this information in front of you, it's going by so quickly. We don't take that opportunity to slow down and think. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. You can get it now and tomorrow will be better. My dog agrees as she shakes her head. As a loud Marlins fan, 
I've asked for some questions on Twitter. I have some questions here that would like to be answered. We have Sonic Miami SZN 2021 at Miami SZN 2021. His question is, what was the best moment as a Marlins fan? When I was old enough to understand baseball, the best moment I've experienced as a Marlins fan, as far as the Marlins are concerned, as a game-wise, was the World 2003 World Series and the jubilation of winning. But as a fan in the stadium, I have two. One was in the World Series, Juan Pierre caught a home run, uh, what would have been a home run, and we were right behind him, and we saw the ball go into his glove. I think that's the best defensive moment I've ever seen. Another one would be going to a game, I think it was 2005 or six, a Saturday night game versus the Boston Red Sox when they had Manny Ramirez, Ortiz. They uh, had a really good lineup. And um, Manny Ramirez hit his 500th hit, which was a home run. And my buddy Ron got the ball. It was hit into the row behind us. No one's sitting there. It rolled under to our chair and he grabbed it. We were hugging and the Boston Red Sox management brought us down to meet the players. That was a cool time at a game. My best overall experience with the Marlins players themselves, interaction-wise, was in Wrigley Field, which you could listen to that podcast episode to hear all about that. So thank you, uh, Sonic, for asking that question. And then we have Human Brains at Purple4444. Worst ever moment as a Marlins fan. I've been to some pretty bad losses. I'll say those are pretty bad moments. Being a kid, 11 or 12, losing all your players in 1997 or 98 was a pretty bad moment. Watching Don Mattingly coach this team to lose, that's probably the worst moment of a Marlin fan, and that happens often. Sonic also asks, do you support college baseball teams? It's all about the you. I support everything University of Miami. Do I follow it as much? No. I'm a loud Marlins fan. Another question came from my buddy Alex um, on one of our chats, the Miami Sports Nation chat. Alice, Alex asks me, please, what are your thoughts on the Marte trade? I believe I've went over that. Um, again, Marte was a rental. He was offered an extension, didn't sign the extension. We got something back for him. We did what the Kansas City Royals didn't do. We didn't hold on to the players thinking they were bluffing that they would not sign back with us. We got something back for him. And you know what? Starling Marte can re-sign with us if he wants to in the offseason. There's no rule that says he can't. Will he? Probably not. I want to clarify something else. 
to those who follow me on social media, I made a tweet to uh, one of our friends on there, a female friend. There was no nastiness, no horniness, as you guys would call it, towards that tweet. Our friend is sad. You could tell by her tweet she's sad sometimes. I tweeted something to boost her morale up, telling her how great she is. She really is a catch. Not for me. Y'all know I'm a happily married person. So when you go, oh, isn't he married? I was not hitting on our friend. I didn't tell, say how hot she was or anything negative or nasty like that. I said it is hot that she speaks sports. That you can, if you are a person who she would like to date or get that opportunity, you, she can hold a conversation and that in its own is hot. So I don't know why there was such a plethora of a backlash from that. It wasn't meant in any sexual manner or a horny manner, as you guys would call it. She's a very nice person. We've spoken offline multiple times. We've met at the games. I will say she knows me personally to where I would speak to any of my girlfriends in that manner, girls that are friends, in that manner to boost their morale, letting them know how awesome they are because she is. I wish her the best. She's going through some rough times. You'll see Mrs. Loud Marlins fan, hopefully on Bally Sports Network when we're at Coors Field next week. If you do listen to this episode and you are watching the Coors games on Friday and Saturday, please look out for me. If you see me on TV, please take those pictures, tweet them at me at Loud Marlins fan or Instagram message me. I appreciate all of you. Appreciate the whole Marlins Nation on Twitter. I think sometimes we could be nicer to each other. If someone doesn't have a view, someone else does. There's no need to attack. And I'm bringing that up because we scared, so, not we, you guys scared someone off Twitter by giving them death threats. And that's not appropriate. We are a family. Families don't always have to agree. But we all want the same outcome. And social media is made just to be an outlet. Things that are said there shouldn't be made so personal or taken so personally. Baseball is entertainment. Social media is entertainment. We should all try to make each other's days better. And with that, please now go to social media. Add me at Loud Marlins Fan on Twitter, TikTok. Instagram. If you are on Facebook, please try to join the Marlins Nation group. If we like you, we'll let you in. Shout out to anybody and all of you who do speak to me all the time. I really enjoy our interactions. To Miami Mike, thank you for the beer at the last Marlins game. Very nice of you. It was great meeting you and saying hello to your family. To uh, Drew, who passed me a beer on that Thursday game. Thank you. Let's go, Marlins. Let's freaking go. The Loud Marlins Fan Podcast has been brought to you by the Loud Marlins Fan. If you are a Fanatics follower or you buy your gear from Fanatics, please visit my link in my bio on Instagram and use that link to purchase your Fanatics gear. I do get credit. 
trying to make some extra cash. Have a wonderful day, everybody.